Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Don't look now, boys and girls. Somehow, some way. The Mets have come all the way back, and now it's 7-6. Down only one to the Cincinnati Reds. Lindor hits a two-run home run here to lead off the top of the eighth. Buck Showalter's long gone from this game. David Peterson's long gone from this game. Unbelievable. Doesn't mean they're not without their problems, which clearly they have, given the fact that Max Scherzer was the one who was supposed to start this game tonight. He of the $43 million paycheck. Neck spasms. The latest culprit to sideline the future Hall of Famer who has given them absolutely nothing this year. As we know, five starts, a suspension sprinkled in in between, and he hasn't pitched longer than six innings in any outing, and really none of them is what we would classify as gems. It was about a month ago. Remember, I was doing the morning that week with, uh, with Rick, and he had that five-inning shutout performance against the San Diego Padres in a game the Mets won at City Field. And, you know, people wanted to throw a parade because, you know, hey, Mad Max is back. And I, you know, said it then. Like, no. Five innings and he had like 97 pitches. He didn't have his wipeout stuff. Guys were fouling off pitches left and right. He couldn't put hitters away. That was a little alarming to me. And it really has not gotten any better. It's gotten worse. And now he's hurt again. And as you get older... Things don't improve. They just continue to go in the other direction, unfortunately, as we can all attest to. So here was Max before. And and you started to get an inclination of this early this afternoon when you found out that Dave Peterson, who was supposed to start tonight in Syracuse in AAA, they sent him to Cincinnati to be on call. And so immediately you're thinking, all right, which of these old man starters, whether Scherzer or Verlander, was going to be unable to take the mound in this series? Turns out it was Scherzer. Here was Max before the game. What exactly is going on with his neck? Woke up yesterday with a bad neck spasm. When I woke up, I was locked. Told the team, you know, we came in on the off day yesterday. It was a neck spasm. And so just on the treatment, there's really nothing you can do for it other than rest. Take some anti-inflammatories and go. It's going to be a couple days, but that's the good news. It's only going to be a couple days. It's the unfortunate news. Harvey, true story. True story. Just like Max Scherzer. I also woke up yesterday with a bad neck, sore neck, and it was bothering me all throughout the day. So you can relate. Did I show up to work today? (laughs) Did I take the ball? You're here. Did I take the ball? You're here. Did I take the ball? You took the ball. Am I pitching deep into the game? You're here, deep into the innings. We're into the last third of the game right now, and I still got the ball, and I still got some juice left in the arm. I didn't ask out because my neck was hurting. I even I even went out for a run yesterday. I took on nature. Sucked it up. That's what you do. Couple Advil, boom. It's like it never happened. You don't want to hear that stuff. And again, I'm not getting $43 million, but I'm here. I'm here. Scherzer is frustrated, though, by his performance, at least. 
I think the only thing that's frustrating about it is I haven't pitched well this year. I want to get out there, want to get back on track and do it. I think that's what you know, the frustration is. I, I'm not frustrated with this. I can look everybody in the eye and say, look, I didn't do anything to jeopardize this, to make this come about. You know, I was doing everything to not have it be like this. So if we're frustrated by this, it's because of how I pitched. And I just want to get out there and pitch and pitch well and get over this and then you know get going on this year. So that's probably the reason for the frustration is more based on how I pitched, not necessarily the actual neck spasm. And have these injuries been frustrating at all, Max? It's easy to be frustrated by it, but at the end of the day, there's nothing I did. It wasn't like I'm doing something stupid or something like that. Like It literally just, I did my workouts and could feel it coming on, tried to get in front of it, and then it didn't. It blew up on me. So there's literally zero regret. There's no like second guessing of anything I've done. It just happened. I mean, we should play a game on the show now. Like, guess the ailment. Predict the ailment. Like, what's going to be the next thing that sidelines Max Scherzer or one of these old guys on the Mets? Right? Because we've got the – I forgot what the first one was. Like, the scapula thing, the – now it's the neck. Then it was sweat and rosin with the suspension. Like, there's a a wide array of things that are preventing these guys from going out there and actually living up to their paychecks, living up to what the Mets need them to do. And, And, you know, we kid and we joke and everything, but here's the bottom line. Mets are winning nothing if these guys aren't the one leading the charge. Their pitching staff, their starting rotation is is right now as bad as any team in baseball. It's one of the worst in baseball. Okay? They have to get that thing figured out. And starting pitching this late or this early in the season is not easily obtainable. All right? And not that Steve Cohen, I mean, he's spending enough money on this team already. Houston Astros right now are dying for starting pitching. You know, they have one guy, Luis Garcia, already that they lost to Tommy John surgery. A couple of other guys are on the shelf. You know, you can't just call up a team and say, what is it going to take to give me your starter or one of your available starters? Because it's still too early in the season. Teams are still trying to figure out who they are and what they've got. Those solutions don't come until closer to the trade deadline when you probably get into either late June or early July. It ain't going to fix itself. And, and that's why these problems that are cropping up are the last thing that you want to see. Jeff's in Garden City. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great. Wow, what a great show this is. You know what, what Jeff? Great, I'm listening to Jeff, you know, i got to be honest with you. Show. This is – it's one of our better shows. I, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I, I was just saying to the guys, this is a fun show. We're having let fun tonight. Let me tell you something. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. If you don't toot your own horn, somebody will turn it over and use it as a spittoon. How's that? <laughs> I like that. There you go. Like you like that. Yeah. So here's my here's my take, and you can agree, disagree. I just need your feedback. So I'm watching the Ranger series, and I'm watching them play, taking the Devils out at on their place, first two games, and all of a sudden this anemic, lethargic team shows up. And as you can indicate, and as I indicated, I'm a Ranger fan, very yep. disappointed. Kreider, superstar, everybody else. Where's Panarin? Where's this? What's going on? What's going on? The coach is not what happened here. Did you have a problem with the coach getting axed, Jeff? No, 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 no. But No, not at all. You know, this is not my decision. I don't really – sometimes it's players, sometimes it's coaches. It's inevitable. I'm not the expert. I'm just a fan Mm -hmm. watching this lethargic play. So, I got one more chance. Got the Knicks. Come out. They do well. And somehow, someway, I'm not comparing basketball and hockey. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, our team becomes lethargic. You know, Brunson – is Kreider. Aside from everybody else, yeah, we have to have a hothead in, in, on our team, and we got one. And we have people, we have a deep bench, we don't do threes well. But somehow, that series, 
and the Rangers and this Knicks series are very similar to a New York fan. Like, what? Where is the? It's like they're anemic because they're lethargic. What is going on? It, and somehow the coaches look. Go ahead, make your point. No, it's a, it, I want to hear what you have to say. It's a good point. It's a good point. And again, not all series are created equal, Jeff. That's the thing. Right. But right now, I mean, the. But here's the problem: the Rangers had the upper hand. Clearly, they had momentum in the first two games. I don't really feel like the right. Knicks had momentum or really had any sort of control on this series at any point. The momentum didn't come from this series. The momentum came from the wins over Cleveland. The previous round, right. As they come into, right, the previous round. That was the momentum. Like, I equate that Cleveland series to the first two games of the Rangers uh, games with the Devils. But then I now see similarities between these coaches, and I'm listening to your callers. I'm listening to you. I realize, is Thibodeau a lot like Lund? Is Are they the same kind of coach? Where is the oomph? Where is the moxie? Where is the chutzpah in these teams, you know? But anyway, that's my comment. I love listening to your show. I hope I win a big prize. And don't forget, you blow your horn. Otherwise, somebody turns it over, and they spit in it like a spittoon. So I'm loving what you're doing. Thanks. Jeff, appreciate you as always. You get back to us. Good phone call there. A little analogy at the end. Harvey, we should save that and, uh, you know, play it every so often whenever you need uh... – you know, nice little uh, quote of inspiration from Jeff in Garden City. Lonnie in Harlem is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Dan and man. How are you? Oh, Lonnie. Julian and, Julian and Harvey. Um, I want to second what the guy said earlier. Mickey Mouse needs to double your pay because, man, you put on a great show. Dan, you already know how I feel about you. Of course. And um, But, but tonight when you did that whole uh, – <laughs> Julius Randle, <laughs> you cracked me up, man. I swear. Like, then when you was on the show with Dave and Rick. And oh, no, that, not Julius Randle. That was, uh, that was Evan Fournier. Right, Evan Fournier. And then he said, whether, he, whether you say his name in French or American, that, that part had me dying. Yeah. But listen, I called in to talk about the Knicks. Uh, unfortunately, they ain't winning like your drop says. And uh, <laughs> listen, to, to me, it's, to me, it's like – I don't understand. People are not saying this, but all right. So basically what um, the coach of Miami said, uh, Eric Spolster, when he was like how, you know, during the season, they, they had, you know, trials, they, they ain't winning. They had they trials and tribulations where, where people was getting hurt and things of that nature. So it helped them form the team that they have now. I'm sitting there listening to that like, okay, that's kind of a slap in the face because the Knicks basically had to go through the same thing. Branson went down. We had quickly stepping in. We had uh, when um, Randall when, when Randall went down. We had Topper stepping in. So it's not like you know the Knicks should almost be on the same level, or if not above the Heat. They have more talent. The Knicks have actual drafted players instead of these undrafted guys who seem to be putting that foot in our butt. But I mean, and what I was telling Julia when I called in, the main thing right now mm-hmm. that is causing this series to be so lopsided. And I'm sure you can see it too, and other Knicks fans, and, and even he fans. If you're a fan of the NBA, you can see this. This is what the issue is. Jimmy Butler is a leader. Julius Randle, I cannot say the same for Jimmy Butler is basically making that team go. Even when he's on the bench, you can tell in Game Two he made that team go. Like we barely won Game Two. Like first of all, I was a little nervous after that. But, you know, I listened to the show, Dave and Rick, in the morning, and I was going to sit you know, sit there and send out complaints and call and all of that, but they was like, yo, let's not complain. I was like, you know what? That's right. Let's not complain. They actually got to win. But, man, that win was not even close to being a, a good W. So it's things like that. And it's like, you know, like I said, like, 
the Knicks went through the same thing that the Heat went through this season. So I don't understand, like, why are we going through this? But it's the Knicks. I just want every New Yorker in this world, well, every New York Knicks fan in this world to realize, like, this is what we go through all the time. We can't get our hopes too high with the Knicks. We got to take it game by day. Or we got to take it game by game, hour by hour, period by period, point by point. Dan, I love you. I've done what I came to do. Lonnie, good stuff as always, man. You get back to us. You'll be good. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Still more to do until the top of the hour. Dan Grass's show, 9870 ESPN. Don't forget, you blow your horn, otherwise somebody turns it over and they spit in it like a spittoon. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets down one, going bottom of the eighth as they try to complete this comeback against the Big Red Machine. I'll tell you, these guys have been real tough tonight. Bench, Foster, Griffey, Rose, Morgan, Perez. There's no let-up in that Reds lineup. Mets just aren't up to the challenge, I guess. And how about this? Up in Boston tonight, right? 2-2 series, game number five on the road. Philadelphia is putting a whooping on the Boston Celtics. They're up 16 going into the fourth quarter. Embiid, who's supposedly on one leg, he didn't look any worse for the wear to me. Um, 29.6 rebounds. Unbelievable. And, and, you know, again, just you kick yourself if you're the Knicks, right? You have a team that's beatable. Miami's not a powerhouse. Team that's beatable, and potentially you could be looking at the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals, not even Boston, who I think Boston's still a superior team, and I wouldn't rule out Boston yet because they're going to have a game six in their building, and you know Philadelphia's still going to have to go up there and finish them off uh, up there in Boston, which is going to be difficult. But I, I, I give the Sixers credit for putting this type of effort out there on the floor as they came so – remember, they let that one almost get away from them on Sunday in game four – and it looked like they were maybe going to get walked off there at the buzzer, but Smart took too long to get the shot off, which is the only reason why uh, they were able to hang on and win that game. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. You know, Jerry, you called up from uh, – Jerry or Gary, I can't remember, the caller with the um, – what? You play the play the cut again there. You know, our, our buddy with the uh, toot in the horn that just called in with his famous quote. That you just played. Don't forget, you blow yeah. your horn, otherwise somebody turns it over and they spit in it like a spittoon. You don't want the spittoon. But he was a Ranger fan, and the reason I bring it up is because 
you know, now that we know that Gerard Gallant is gone, remember the last time we did a show was Saturday, and there were still some rumblings as to whether or not Gallant would be back, whether he would make a change, whatever. So then they decide to blow the whistle on Gallant right in the middle of the Nick game on Saturday afternoon. I don't know if there was any coincidence there. You know, draw whatever conclusions you might want. But whoever this new coach is going to be, I mean, the pressure is on. Let's face it, right? I mean, whoever the Rangers bring in here to succeed Gallant, you're expected to win a Stanley Cup because that's the directive. And that's one of the reasons why Rangers are looking for a new head coach. I mean, Gallant had two very, very good seasons behind the bench. And they lose in the first round in seven games. After a series, they jumped out 2-0, and, and they had a clear, clear advantage in the series and unable to finish it off and let the Devils come all the way back and take it from them. I mean, you know, plus, I guess, some of the griping that the players did during the exit interviews with Chris Drury led to this change. All right, so who are some of the, the, the candidates, the usual suspects? If I'm thinking about where this Rangers team is and where the roster is, right, they're not going to make wholesale changes. They have high expectations. They think they can win a cup. If that's the case, I, I, I just can't see them going with a rookie head coach. You know, I know there's been a lot of rumors about Knobloch down there in Hartford, but they really going to bring this guy up and let him coach this team that's expected to compete for the top prize? I don't know. But if you look at the veterans, guys like Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux has won everywhere he's gone, except he hasn't won the cup. But he's been good. You know, he'll get you in the conversation, but he might leave you at the door, unfortunately. Peter Laviolette, guy's taken three teams to the Stanley Cup Finals. He won the Cup with Carolina, but it was in 2006. And really, you know, last handful of years, he hasn't been out of the first round as a head coach. You know, and things kind of bottomed out with his Washington club this past year. But, you know, Laviolette's a guy who's coached here before, coached the Island, right? Maybe got a raw deal there. I think you could do a lot worse than Peter Laviolette, to be honest with you. Joel Quenville, who still hasn't been cleared yet by the NHL, was involved in that whole fallout with the Chicago Blackhawks, as we know. Um, guys won three cups with that Chicago Blackhawk dynasty. You know, maybe he's somebody that can light a fire under Patrick Kane if he decides to come back, or if the Rangers decide to bring Patrick Kane back. I don't know, because, you know, he's obviously a banged-up player right now, and I don't know what type of money he's going to command. And then you have somebody like a Mike Babcock who's been out of the game for a while, but he was also somebody that, you know, in the aftermath of his time in Toronto was accused of, like, bullying players. So it doesn't seem like there's a perfect candidate. Look, if there was a perfect candidate right now, they'd have a job. The guy who's intriguing to me, believe it or not, and I, I just don't know if, if they can pull it off, would be Mike Sullivan with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Guy's got two cups, good coach. That Penguin team is kind of on its last legs. Maybe he might want a new challenge. But you would have to get permission from Pittsburgh. You'd have to work out the compensation, all those things. So that might be a pipe dream. But Sullivan would, I think, be a real, real strong candidate, I think, for this New York Rangers team. We'll see which way they want to go. And look, if they do think that Quenville is the guy that maybe Chris Drury and company zero in on, they might have to play the waiting game a little bit. And wait for the National Hockey League to give him the green light to be able to make that happen. So that could drag on into the summer. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Speaking of coaching changes, if you listen to the show on Saturday, we know that we have some fun with Harvey over his uh, devotion to the Red Bulls. And it finally happened where they made a coaching change. Finally. 
Did you throw a parade or did you throw a party that this finally went down? You'll never guess how I found out this news. How did it happen? I was at the gym. <laughs> I'm at the gym doing a kettlebell workout, and I just I was just laying down until I take a break. Yeah. And then the phone buzzes, and the, the, the news girl scoopers out. Now, do you get like the notification from the Red Bulls directly? Like they, since you're, you know, you're a devoted customer, you're a big fan. Season tickets, all you, you help pay his salary, you help buy his buyout by or pay for his buyout probably. Um, do they do they hit you up directly and say, hey Harvey, just want to let you know, man, we're we're making a change. I got notified by the app, and then I got another email separate uh, with a message from the GM. But that's like a, just a general G a message that they sent to everybody, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. well. I think the red members, like myself, got the the special message. Um, now, what is it? What does it take to become a red member? Just be a season ticket holder. That's, that's it? it. That's what they call it, the red members. Yeah, yeah. It's been a different process from from when I first started. They gave you like a card, per se, like a keychain card. Oh, so mm-hmm. like you can walk, you can get you into like any place you want in the city or something like that. I guess, but yeah, it, it was pretty cool. And then now it's just like you know, it's just. But it's not one of those, like, money-making ventures to where, like, they try to get a couple extra bucks out of you and you join this kind of, like, club and you're a red member. It's nothing like that. No. Okay. No, it's just season take all Because I'd frown down upon that. I'd, I'd, I'd call up those Red Bulls right now, and I would say, hey, man, you know, you guys aren't worth a damn on the field. Don't be trying to take more money from my guy. And what are you giving them for it? Well, they won tonight, thankfully. Yeah, but that doesn't count. You know that. We talked about that. Well, I mean, what look, is it called? The U.S. Cup? The U.S. Open Cup. What is that? They were semifinalists last season. But what, is so- that, what, what does that mean, the U.S. Open it's Cup? It's the oldest competition in America. What? For soccer. Yes, 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 yes. This has been going on for like over 100 years. How come I've never heard of it if it's been going on for 100 years? I thought the World Cup, the Gold Cup, the, the, the Confederations Cup, all these things, even the MLS Championship. I never heard of the U.S. Open Cup. Well, look, I mean, not everybody can be saved for, for this information, but I'll just tell you, uh, this has been going on for over, over 100 years. Yeah, well, if, if Since it's so, 1913-14, my friend. If it's, if it's so prestigious, why were they playing the game, like you said, at Montclair State? Now that, look, I don't have all the answers for that one. I mean, they were in Montclair last year. I was there. It's tremendous. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad place. It's a great place. My point is, though, if Getting out is, of there is, is a bit rough. Well, but. of course, every place has its challenges. But if, if if this is such a prestigious tournament or whatever, why are they playing it on a college campus? My The only two guesses could be a lack of a crowd because, I mean, <laughs> it's a Tuesday night. Right. Team's bad. They're not really expecting much. And it's... The Open Cup. Not many people are going to care much for the That's Open what, Cup. Right. So you answered your own kind of question there. Like, nobody even knows the thing exists unless you're a diehard. Yes, and there were a bunch of diehards out there tonight. Now, important question. So they fire the coach. Who's the new coach now? New coach is Troy Lecesne, former USL coach in New Mexico, who was actually coach of the year in 2020. And what was he doing, like, recently? He was just up in the. He was like in an administration role for the rebels. He was oh, the so he was office. with the organization. Yeah, he was in the front office. He joined the front office back in 2021. So they're probably not paying him anymore, right? They probably just they're probably doing it on the cheap, and they're like, "All right, man, we need you to coach the team because you're here." And then they're gonna f- figure things out probably at the end of the season, right? Uh, my biggest my biggest hope is that he gets a job permanently because you know this, Dan, as a Jets fan or. Mm-hmm. Whatever fan you are these days. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I'm just messing with you. You don't want to go through another merry-go-round of managers and stuff like that. You key, you want the next guy to be the most successful guy. So I'm just hoping that with a win tonight and a win this weekend <laughs> against the, uh, the NYCFC, 
that I guess stuff, you know, stuff can get boring yeah. here. Did you check your inbox? I'm sure they fired off a nice email already that they're the U.S. Open Cup champs or whatever. Like, that means anything. Look, they probably try to sell you T-shirts and hats and swag. Of the Open Cup? No, but I mean. Hey, you know how I feel about that. The fact that you didn't get one of those uh, beanies that they gave out earlier in the season, that, that ruffles my feathers right there. You know, it's funny. I actually bought a beanie a few weeks later. Not that exact same one, but a different one because it was just super cold out. But Sometimes it needs it. Now, philosophically, is this new coach going to be any different than Hans Gruber, the other guy who was coaching the team? Hans Gruber. I hope so because, I mean, from what I'm reading on Twitter, they've been their plays a bit more crisp. They're moving the ball side to side better. Now, um, it's just different because they're playing DC United, who's who's a bit poor. Mm-hmm. They're doing a bit better than the Rebels, but still. Bruce Arians or uh, Bruce uh, Bruce or Bruce Arians. Bruce Arena still coach DC United. No, that's a long time ago. He's, long time he's coaching uh, New England Revolution. Oh, these days. So, yeah, he he moves up and down the uh, the East Coast. That Bruce Arena. Yeah, it's amazing. I think he's in his early 70s. Coached at Virginia, University of Virginia once upon a time. Former coach of the Rebels for and one year. And former coach of the Rebels. Yeah, they coach all the teams. They're they're like recycled coaches there. Did he have any thoughts on the U.S. Open uh, Cup, or was he kind of just indifferent to it? Well, they lost tonight. Oh, to his team. They lost to uh, the, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, so. Well, look. I hope things turn around for you and your team, you know that. Or maybe I don't, because it's actually it gives us good material, that's for sure. Well, maybe. I'm not sure if this is the, the best course of action, you know, <laughs> trying to take it at my expense. Yeah, but you know what? They're a, they're a, they're a local team, and you're the, you're the expert on the local team. They're a local team, and heaven forbid we actually get five minutes anywhere else talking about the big derby this weekend. Amen. Maybe we'll bring it up on Thursday. Maybe. It depends how good the schedule is when the uh, NFL schedule. What could possibly be happening Wednesday into Thursday that we might that wouldn't be talking about this? Well, let's see. We talked about the Knicks tonight for what over two hours when their season is still a thing. Thursday we might be talking about the Knicks season not being a thing anymore, and so probably going to be a lot of Knicks talk. Thursday's probably going to be Knicks, the NFL schedule, because you know I love the schedule. We might sit here, okay. We might sit here on Thursday, and I might read through the entire NFL schedule, like week by week, game by game, like all set, all 18 weeks, just because I might be in the mood. That's how much I love the schedule. Are you in support of the new rules, by the way? With what? Some teams not getting a a, a major yeah, game at all. A primetime game. Who cares? Do you really want to watch the, you know, um, Arizona Cardinals in primetime? I sure as hell don't. Look, I'm an equal opportunist viewer, as they say. So if I can get Cardinals Bears on, nah, you weren't watching that. <laughs> you weren't watching that. You know what? You if they're gonna play each other, you could you could bet that game on a Sunday or do whatever you're gonna do with the game uh, on a Sunday. You don't need it in prime time. Prime time, you want to get as many eyeballs on the game as possible. And if you put a better matchup, that's that's why they're gonna get flex scheduling, possibly on Thursday night football. There's gonna be flex scheduling on Monday night football too. They want to get as many good matchups as possible. Problem is, like back in the day before they even had the flexing, you know, they would schedule primetime games based on who they thought was going to be good. And then if, let's say, you know, a team back in the day, you know, like Monday Night Football was the big draw. So if you put a team on Monday Night Football like three times, that was considered a lot. That was like the most you'd get. So you'd be on Monday Night three times during the season. And then if you suffer like a crucial injury, whether in training camp or earlier in the year and your team is bad, then you get stuck having to watch that team in prime time for, you know, multiple times throughout the year. So that was the awful part. But now we don't have to deal with that stuff. So that's that's I'm kind of all for that. It's not it's not necessarily all that fun on the fans, but 
you know, it's all about the money. It's all about the TV, and it's all about who's paying these leagues the most. And I think that we know how that one is answered. All right, more calls coming up next, 800-919-3776. Dan Grasa, the show, till the top of the hour, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Mercifully, it's over in Newark, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Did they? What was that stat that they said? Was it the largest playoff victory, road playoff victory in franchise history? Yeah, and it's also the tied, the Devils' largest home playoff loss in team history. Nice. For that. There you go. So 6-1. to one, The Devils actually, you know what, at one nothing, you're feeling good about yourself. And then Canes put six on the board. Uh, so, yeah, this is now 3-1 Carolina. Canes could go for the kill coming up on Thursday back in Raleigh. Mets rally comes up short. They lose to the Reds 7-6 as the wheels keep spinning off. You know, maybe I'll see the Mets on the side of the road when I'm driving home tonight. You know, when I get back on the highway, I'll see the Mets bus on the side of the road just kind of like sputtering. You know, Buck will be on the roof, you know, like waving the white flag, trying to see if they can get some help. You know, Max Scherzer is going to be resting his neck, his sore neck, wrapping those $43 million bills around it for extra comfort. You know how it goes. Um, Speaking of injuries, though, let's be equal opportunity here. Carlos Rodon, we still haven't seen him uh, throw a pitch for the Yankees this year. Now he's dealing with the back. He's got a chronic back injury, something that's not going to go away, apparently, and he was going to get some cortisone shots. Here was Aaron Boone before the game as to whether or not Rodon had them. Yeah, he got him. So we'll see now. It's, you know, 48 hours of not doing much at all. And then hopefully that third day. So Friday we'll, you know, start exercising and hopefully throw him by the weekend. Yeah, hopefully throw him by the weekend. But by the time he gets on a mound, like a real mound in his pitching, I mean, at this rate, I mean, barring no other setbacks, you're probably looking at mid-June. You know, if it makes a Mets fan feel any better, DeGrom, he's not even close for Texas. You know, they said he's not going to pick up a ball now for at least another two, three weeks dealing with his elbow stuff. So it's, you know, it's amazing how many, not even just, you know, the teams here. It's just amazing around baseball how many guys are injured and how many guys are down for the cat. Like, what is going on league-wide? It's incredible. Let's say hi to our pal Tino in Staten Island up next here on 98.7. Tino, good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, Dan, just left the gym. You know, you're my therapy gym. Well, uh, Dan, when I leave the gym, I really – Dan, let, let's break it down like this. Yeah. You know, me and you have been talking about the Knicks all season long. And um, here's, here's the positive what I see, Dan, going forward with the Knicks. I actually really do think we're going to win tomorrow. 
I just can't see us losing at home tomorrow in front of our fans. I think the effort's going to be there. Guys are going to be ready to play. And I expect a W tomorrow. And I expect a W pretty much handled. I think we'll win by over 10 points. And I will call you on Thursday to, to, to tell you how we won this game. Now, going forward for Friday, I just don't see it. I think we're done. I give us a 20% chance of winning on the road. I just The reason why, Dan, we're losing these games, it's and we talked about this all year. It comes to being stubborn. Our coach is very stubborn, Dan. We have an elite defender in Grimes. Elite defender. Why are we losing this series, Dan? We constantly double. Why don't we just play Jimmy Butler one-on-one? Jimmy Butler is a very high IQ basketball player. What Jimmy Butler does is he waits for the double team all the time, Dan. The double team comes. He's not. He doesn't attack the double team. He passes it out. We're constantly chickens without a head, scrambling. What does Kevin Love do good in the rest of this league right now? He can shoot. Mm-hmm. What he can do, he can hit a three. And he can throw Matt an outlet Struz, pass. What can he do? Yeah, and he can throw an outlet pass. What does Matt Struz do good in this league? He can shoot a three. What does Duncan Robinson can do? He can shoot a three. Caleb Martin wasn't a shooter, but in Spoh's system, he became a shooter. We are getting killed by the three-point line because we constantly are switching on our defense. Let our guys play one-on-one. Grimes can play defense. And on the offensive end, Dan, why can't Grimes get more touches? He's an elite shooter. He's not just a shooter, Dan. He can attack the basket. You know what I mean? Mm, I don't don't know if I want to call him an elite shooter, though, Tino. Oh, he can knock. He had three threes yesterday, Dan, out of seven attempts. So that's pretty good. Yeah, but you know where, I mean, where the, what the, the problem is, though. Where has that been, though, for the last like I don't know how many games? That's the problem. He's kind of been MIA offense. I know he was banged up, but he's kind of been MIA yeah. offensively most of the playoffs. But I get it, Dan. But you know what it is? He doesn't get enough touches, Dan. The ball doesn't move. I'm sorry, it doesn't. I don't. When the, RJ gets the ball, JB gets the ball, and Randall gets the ball. Just look at the game closely. That ball doesn't move. That ball sticks. It's ISO basketball one on one. Let's talk about. Let's talk about quickly about Evan Fournier because I know in the beginning of the show you talked yeah. about him. I've been preaching for Evan to get a chance. We are missing outside shooting. You know when's the last, you know the last time Evan got quality minutes? was back in January we yeah. won a nationally televised game in against the Philadelphia 76ers. What did he say after the game? It was the funniest quote ever. I don't know if you remember it. They asked him after the game, do you think you're going to see any minutes after this? You know what Evan said? No, nah, this is more like a one-night stand. <laughs> I didn't remember that. <laughs> I remember, remember that. that? Yeah. He said it was more like a one-night stand. Maybe we can hit lightning in the bottle. Maybe we get another one-night stand out of him. Tino, you know what? Now's the time. The time is right. And thank you for the phone call as always, my friend. Like I said, empty the tank. You know what you have to lose? You have your season to lose. Because if Quickly's not going to play, and it sure as hell doesn't sound like he's playing, you got to have somebody that can score off the bench. Remember, Josh Hart scoring, it's not his forte. And I agree with you, by the way, about the ball becoming too stagnant. I mean, I've been guilty. I mean, questioning that for far too long with this team. Last night, 21 assists on 37 made field goals. Not awful, but not as great as, let's say, what Miami's doing. 28 assists on 40 made shots. You want that ball moving. You want as many guys to touch it as possible. Wear the defense out. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Adam and Millville up next here on 98.7. What's up, Adam? Hey, what's up, Dan? How you doing? Good. The home of Mike Trout, Millville, New Jersey. <laughs> it's actually Millville, Long Island. 
Oh, Melville. Oh. It says Millville. He, he's from Millville, New Jersey. You're Melville, mm. Long Island. All right, see that? We had a miscommunication there. That's okay. It's okay. It's all good. Um, I want to I want to make the point and just you know, build a case for why I think the Philadelphia Sixers are going to go all the way this year. Wow. Okay. And um, so, you know, it starts with the fact that, you know, you've got two MVPs on the team. You've got, you know, um, Joel Embiid, who's scoring, you know, over 30 a game. He's healthy again, and he's that huge force in the middle and on the outside. And then you got James Harden, who's playing right now his best basketball, like he's, you know, five, six years younger when he won the MVP. And then they've got a great supporting cast, right? They've got Maxi and Harris, you know, some real, real great players, and Doc Rivers knows what he's doing. So these guys right now, I feel they have all the pieces to – to really take on just about anybody. As far as the East, it looks like they have a good chance of getting past the Celtics, and then they're probably going to, um, you know, the next round. I would say they're probably going to they're going to beat the Heat, and then they're going to go into the finals, and then they're going to face. I think it's either going to be, it'll be Denver, Phoenix, or Los Angeles. And of all those teams, we basically named like every in, team still playing. Well, well, I'm just saying because yeah. it's pretty even in the West. But I do feel like Embiid, Embiid is that special player. And when I look back at former NBA champions, like champion teams, they always have like a special player, right? Whether it's like a Michael Jordan or um, a Giannis or a Steph Curry, there's always like a Hall of Famer type guy there. Like the Knicks don't have that, right? We know that. But like Giannis, um, I'm sorry, Embiid, he's that kind of guy. He moves not like his, for how big he is. So I guess I just sort of wanted to get your thoughts on that, you know, see, so like, you know, you know, do you think is, is there anyone out there who could, who could stop them? I'll tell you who can, Adam. And I thank you for the phone call. Yeah, the Celtics. Well, I'm going to say about the Sixers is twofold. Number one, they Celtics are not going to be an easy team to close out. They are not. Remember, this team was in the finals last year. This is a good team. All right. I know Joe Mazzolo. You know, questionable tactics, especially late in some of these games. Didn't burn a timeout the other day on Sunday, which kind of made me scratch my head at the very least. And the other thing is Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers scares the hell out of me in these big spots. You know, apart from that one year in the Celtics when he had the most talented team, like you know, he's had a lot of shortcomings in the playoffs in, in these big games. Celtics are not going to be easy to close out. Mark my words. I'd be shocked if they will. I can't even – even look, Philadelphia's going to win this game. They're up by 16, four minutes left or whatever. I'm not even going to sit here and say they're going to win this series. I can easily see the Celtics winning six and seven. Because if they get six and then they get it back to Boston for a game seven, who are you going to feel more confident in? 800-919-3776. We'll come back, finish it up with you on the phones, and hand it off to Gordon and Larry, Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees up 10-5, so they're going to have this one sewn away here in the ninth inning. So winning the first two games against the Oakland A's. You know what the Yankees are doing? Do what you're supposed to do. Beat bad teams. Something the Mets haven't quite figured out. But you know what? Maybe the Mets are the bad team. Maybe Cincinnati's looking at it as, hey, we beat the Mets. They're bad. Colorado, we beat the Mets. They're bad. Detroit, we beat the Mets. They're bad. I think it'll be a miracle if Justin Verlander even pitches tomorrow, given the way things are going. He'll probably wake up with, what, a stiff neck, a sore elbow, an achy knee, something with his back. 
What was his uh, Tersum Terrace Major, whatever the hell his injury was that kept him out a month? Maybe it'll be the Terrace Minor that he's unable to take the ball tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Ryan's in Terrytown. He's up next. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? What's up, Ryan? So I'm a Knicks fan, and uh, well, regarding your last caller, Boston, so such a tough. It's not hardest arena to play. People say the Mass Square Garden, but I think Boston Gardens. I'm a Knicks fan, and Boston Garden. I went there for a playoff game last year. That place is loud than Mass Square Garden. And that's a battle-tested anyway. team. That team knows how to win big games. Yeah, and, and this game's not over. They're not by 12 with a minute 46, and Doc Rivers just called timeout. But anyway, I want to talk Knicks last night. Second most frustrating loss of my Knicks fandom. to the Charles Smith getting fouled game. And the reason why I say it's so frustrating is because they couldn't get a defensive rebound. Not just one, not two, but three at a time. I couldn't take it. Ryan, I could not take the second chance, third chances. I mean, it was all game long. I've never seen it like like the third time they can't get it. I'm going crazy. And then I knew Randall was going to foul out. Um, which shows how he was making an effort, but why, if you can't get the defensive rebound, is Obi Toppin not in the game? Can you explain that to me? I'm waiting all day to hear the answer for well, it. Because they don't I think trust... he fired Gerard Gallant as a range, but I think Tim should go, why is Obi Toppin not in the game? He, he, bottom line is he doesn't trust him enough to give him major minutes. Do I think he should have played more than six, Ryan? Absolutely. And I thank you for the phone call. You know, especially, see, the problem is you could sit there and, and, and poke holes in all these players. Right. And say, I don't like this person for this, for this. He's got flaws here, 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 here and here. But when you're shorthanded, when you don't have a manual quickly, what are you going to do? Give these guys a shot. That's why we're sitting here campaigning for Evan Fournier. Harvey, we got to cue up the French national anthem. We should play that. Maybe you know, maybe Tom Thibodeau will hear that lying in his bed tonight, dreaming up uh, lineup combinations for game number five tomorrow. And he'll hear the French national anthem. And then maybe just maybe he'll have the idea to play Fournier. Can I ask you something? Yes, sir. Is it really this bad for the Knicks that they have to play Evan Fournier? Yeah, they have nobody. Oh, but I I think of Evan Fournier as a turnstile. It doesn't you, matter. Are we it sure? It doesn't matter. They need somebody who can score. Do you realize? Okay, do you realize? I'll, I'll put it in these terms. Kyle Lowry outscored the entire Knicks bench last night. Caleb Martin alone equaled the production from the Knicks bench last night. If you don't have a manual quickly, you need dudes who can come off the bench and give you some offense. I'm not talking about playing them 80 minutes a game. I'm talking about get them in there for 10, 12 minutes. See if he can knock down a couple of threes. Mission accomplished. That's what this is about. Nothing more, nothing less. They got to do something. They just can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Let's just say they lose, right? Like they lose tomorrow night. Then the season's over. Do we do we still go with that feeling that Evan Fournier could have made a difference? I don't know. I don't. It depends how they lose. If they lose by like fifty, you say, "Well, Evan Fournier wouldn't have mattered." But I mean, last night, I mean, think about it. You know, eight point game that was back. You know, you had it to what did they get? Keep getting it to like four, five in the fourth quarter, third, and, like they got it to like four and five, right? Two possession game. Yup. Yeah, and then what happened? My and look, the the rebounding thing is also a big problem. That's and and the hustle plays. There there was a lot wrong with this team right now. Miami, like I said, Miami did not make a three point shot in the fourth quarter. They were zero for I think nine, but they had seven offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. 
because the Knicks could not close out. That's the frustrating part about this whole thing. Anyways, you know what wasn't frustrating tonight? This show. I got to be honest with you. It was one of, one of our better shows ever. Not just this week, ever. No show tomorrow because we have Knicks basketball. We'll be back with you again on Thursday at 7 p.m., full three hours again. We'll have NFL schedules at that point. Oh, baby, I can't wait. That's like my Christmas. So what kind of conversation are we going to have then? Are we going to talk about the Knicks extending their season, or is it going to be a postmortem? I think they'll. I actually think they'll respond tomorrow. I'm hoping they respond tomorrow. Thanks to Julian, and thanks to Harvey, and thanks to you guys. Dan Gross is saying we'll talk to you Thursday. Larry and Gordon up next, everybody, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Don't forget, you blow your horn, otherwise somebody turns it over, and they spit in it like a spittoon. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>